Welcome to the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast, where we explore popular practices, songs, and ideas in the modern church world in the light of Sola Scriptura and Toto Scriptura. I'm Cody Fields, president of Westminster Effects. You can check us out, buy stuff at westminstereffects.com. Make sure you join in the discussion, the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge. And by the way, um, by now this is a week old announcement, but Nose Pedal is now Westminster Essentials. If you need utility stuff, just go to westminstereffects.com. You don't have to worry about confusing the brands anymore. You're welcome. Uh, I am joined. Can't turn up in- your nose to that. <laughs> ah, I see what you yes, did there. Yes. In person, I am joined by Bradley. That's all. <laughs> Just Bradley. <laughs> Via the internet. Bye. <laughs> I'm tempted to just say John, but like it's it's so like not John Ross, Westminster effects artist, Augsburgian Christian, uh, free twelve string owner uh, from Lincoln, Ooh. Nebraska. Yeah, I had a had a church member say, "Hey, I have this beat up old twelve string that's been sitting in the corner of my basement." So I I, I gave it the old I gave it the old one two the old college try. Uh, I uh, I had to cut about three inches off the saddle. It, it was it was pretty. Uh, you can play slide guitar on that thing when I got it. It was it was pretty rough, mm. but yeah. So it's a mid '80s uh, Ibanez uh, twelve string. Uh, yeah, it's all right. You know, I can twelve strings are one of those like <laughs> I can pick one up in a store and play it. Sure, but I don't know that I could ever justify actually buying one because they sound cool. This is mm. my fifth or sixth one that I've had. Oh over wow! The years. I Here, learned can... I learned on a twelve string. Really? Yeah. In high school, um, one of our worship leaders, Zeke was kind of teaching me how to play guitar and you know he had a six string and then the only extra one that was available I can't even remember if it was his somebody had a 12 string and let me borrow it and that's mm. one of the first guitars that I ever picked up so so you really blew up your fingers oh <laughs> learning man. I, I it was awful it was awful it tore my fingers all, all up mm. I, I do yeah, have to say I, not one but two I had strings yeah. I had forgotten how terrible it is to restring 12 string it just takes forever oh yeah um, but literally hey. twice as long um, <laughs> literally so John you wanted to start us off with something silly today I, what I you got? do I do so there was some chatter after wifey your wifey uh, Kristen shared uh, a uh, a quiz, uh, actually a screenshot of this quiz that showed up in her Facebook feed. Yeah, about she failed work- us all by not actually attaching yeah. the. Uh, I, the I know link, the but. worship leader personality type. It was just some sort of marketing quiz from Worship Online, so it probably wouldn't have been anything. But a bunch of us looked for it. We couldn't find it. Uh, but I wanted to give some uh, uh, some satisfaction uh, to the viewers, and so uh, I found this other quiz. Um, that uh, that we need to finish the lines of uh, popular worship songs, and so this is the way it's going to work. I've already done it. I missed one, by the way. That's that's how <laughs> that's how much of like a stereotypical like white Christian I am. Um, <laughs> so this is what we're going to do. We're going to go through. It's multiple choice. You guys give me your answers. I'm going to tally the answers on who's right, who's wrong, and uh, and the, at the end we will we will know. Uh, which one of our South Carolina brethren is the true uh, stereotypical Christian? Are you guys ready? <laughs> We're ready. Go for it. Question one. In one of his best known songs, Chris Tomlin sings, And if our God is with us, then blank. Can you finish the popular line of the song, Oh God? Your options are, What could stand against? 
how could we fail, who wouldn't stand with us, and who would stop us? A. A. A is correct. Out A. Of, out of the gate with uh, with some solid that responses there. All right. Taking it back to the 90s. Oh, Darlene Jack released Shout to the Lord. Can you complete the following line? Mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the... Anyone know it without the multiple choice? The Sound, sound of, of Your Name. name. I actually Ooh. knew that one. All I right. played that song no less than 400,000 times. In the nineties, you counted in this <laughs> in the uh, in the in the worship <clears throat> office green room this past Sunday. Uh, we were singing, uh, what was it? Um, was it shout to the? Lord? It might have been shout to the Lord, actually. Um, all right, I still remember the piano intro on that. I think I could play it right now, and I hadn't played it in twenty years. <laughs> <clears throat> it's just burned into it's your burned memory. into my head. I mean, I can't tell you. You got to remember. How many tours I did uh, with yeah. that college group? Sure, and yeah. We did that song every night, oh, every yeah. night. Actually, the song we were singing was "Shine Jesus Shine." So I bet nice. you remember that one as yes. well. Yeah. I think about a oh, tur- think about a work up a pop punk arrangement of it. Why not? All right, br- bringing it back a bit recently from Tenth Avenue North's "Healing Begins." Uh-oh. Oh, I'm out. When you come to where you're broken within, the blank, pain goes from your heart, B, the clouds begin to part, C, the weight lifts off, or D, the light meets the dark. When you come to where you're broken within, the blank, pain I'm gonna goes guess from your D. heart. Clouds I was going to say D as well. D is correct. Hey. Hey. All right. I mean, wild guess. I mean, that just shows you how predictable this stuff is, right? <laughs> it does. It does. Uh, continuing on that same vein, uh, some uh, some K-Love fodder here. In Like a Lion, recorded by the Newsboys, not the, not the old boys, but the new boys, the new Newsboys, <laughs> This is from the bridge of the song, and it, the question actually doesn't say that. I just know this. Uh, let heaven roar and fire fall. Come and shake the ground with A, wide open arms. Your B, your strength like a lion. C, the sound of revival. D, healing and faith. Let heaven roar and fire fall. I think I guess C. Come to that ground. C is correct. You guys are four for four so far. I was waiting because Cody had this look of confusion on his face. I was hoping he'd get it wrong. I don't don't listen to K-Love. Okay, here's... (laughs) By any stretch of the imagination ever. Here's the wrench. Here's the wrench (laughs) on the works. This one threw me for a loop uh, because it took me a while to place the song. In Natalie Grant's song, Your Great Name, complete the following lyric. The sick are healed and the blank at the sound of your great name. The sick are healed and the blank at the sound of your great name. A, the weakest find light. B, the lost are found. 
C, the dead are raised. D, the blind can see. Because we've done this song. <laughs> Is it C? It's, it's the dead are raised. It's the dead are raised. Did, C I, did I get is that right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. Uh, <laughs> all right, Co- Cody, this one is specifically for you because I know you know the answer. Is it becoming the archetype? <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> and just because you know the answer doesn't say your your feelings on this lyric one way or the other. In Hillsong's <laughs> worship release, what a beautiful name. The following line begins, You didn't want heaven without us, so Jesus, you... Brought heaven down. Brought, brought heaven, heaven down. down. All right. I enjoy that song, thank you. I know you do. It's a great song. Yeah. It's a great song. It's just that's the one lyric that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, guess I could see that. Like, you have to think about it a little bit. You got to ch- chew mm-hmm. on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I don't like that one. All right. In 10,000 Reasons, Matt Redman nearly lists 10,000 reasons. In one, <laughs> in one of his lines, he says, Let me be singing when the blank. Sky is dark. B, evening comes. C, sun is down. D, the Lord comes. B. 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 100% correct so far. Just a few more. In her hit, You Say, Lauren Daigle talks about a few doubts and insecurities she experiences on the regular. In one of the lines, this is the text. I, I'm not. I'm not like. I'm not. I'm not like dragging Daigle through the through the sewer. I mean, I, I, I could. I'm not a fan. But like, uh, anyways, one of the lines goes like this: You say I am loved when blank. Can you complete it? A, I need love. B, I can't feel a thing. B, no one loved me. And D, I doubted myself. You say I am loved when blank. I need love. I can't feel a thing. No one loved me. I doubted myself. I'm going to go with B. B. B is correct. I don't know Lauren Daigle songs. That was a pure guess. Yeah. It, and it was just one of those predictable things. It, Again. <laughs> it absolutely is. Let's uh, let's take it to Casting Crowns for a moment. In oh, their man. song, Only Jesus, the following line reads like this. All the kingdoms built, all the blank. World remembers. B, dreams built. C, Trophies won. D, people saved. C. C. C is correct. Total guess. Total guess. <clears throat> okay, two more, and then we're done. Come on, K-Love. Give us a curveball. In Bart Millard slash Mercy's Me's hit single, I Can Only Imagine, the following line reads like this. I can only imagine... When all I would do is forever, forever, blank. Adore Worship you. you. Worship you. Worship you. you. Yep. All right. Last <coughs> one. What? The last song here. Actually, we'll do two more. We'll do two more because I, I, I was scrolling. Weird. Okay. In Amazing Grace, 
My Chains Are Gone, arranged by Chris Tomlin, not by Chris Tomlin, silly website. Uh, the following line goes like this. My Chains Are Gone, I've blank. Been set free. Been set, been free. set free. Of course, we all know that I've been set free. In the song So Will I by Hillsong mm. Worship. <laughs> the following line. And as you speak, a hundred reasons are given to me. Ways appear in front of me. Miracles happen through your glory. Or billion galaxies are born. A billion galaxies are born. Billion galaxies I think that's right, are yeah. Born. And the bonus question... This one's worth two points because we are at a tie right now. <laughs> In 2018, Corey Asbury released his song, Reckless Love. Come on with it. Come on. Come on with it. In it, there's a line that says, when I was your foe, blank, you gave yourself away, you left the 99, still you came for me, still your love fought for me. See... See, oh, as my C. voice cracks like a 13 year old C <laughs> is correct so let it be known that our God saves no let it be known here on the <laughs> Westminster Effects Doxology podcast <laughs> that Bradley and Cody and myself for that matter are uh, just about as lame as you can get <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the one I missed that I didn't include was one off of uh, Toby Mac I just need you uh, and actually, you know, th- that one may be a good because this one threw me. So just finish this line. You don't even know the song. It's a song I just need you. I don't know it. You probably don't know it. I will fear no evil for I got faith. You're my only hope. I just need you. Thou art with me. I will fear no evil for I got faith. You're my only hope. I just need you or thou art with me. I go with B. I go with C. I went with B as well. Oh, the answer Cody, you beat me. No, the answer is D. <coughs> Thou art with me. It's Psalm twenty-three. He actually, oh, he actually quoted the thing. He, uh, he that's just, what I didn't expect. That's, yeah, I no. know. He just copped it from David. Anyways, <laughs> this has been complete that worship song line <laughs> with Westminster. Brought to you by Westminster Effects and Westminster Effects Essentials. Available now at WestminsterEffects.com. <laughs> And now you can add that to your introduction. That you're the champion of worship song lyrics. Right? Yeah. Right? Um, well, you can too, for that matter. So now you don't have to be just Bradley. No, that's my brand now. That's okay. what I, I'm, I'm just going to go with my first name, and that's my podcast brand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So main topic, and, you know, that, that was good. Good filler, John, because we don't have to go forever on this. <laughs> I'll, uh, so, I'll come up with other hilarity for, uh, for subsequent episodes. So within the uh, our Inquisition post this week, Matthew Winter asked, why Reformed, why not Baptist or some kind of other traditionalism, etc., etc.? Um, so, I mean, obviously, not all of us are Reformed, you know. Big R Reformed, uh, because we have a Lutheran Big R on Reformed, the podcast. You jerk. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but you know, ultimately it's, you know, because we found these things to be the most biblically consistent, right? Mm-hmm. I would assume so. 
uh, we, we're not going for biblical inconsistency. <laughs> if we're doing that, then we don't even make sense anymore. Uh, but ultimately, I, I thought kind of a, a, uh, a discussion on theological labels mm. would be helpful. Because different things mean different things to different people in different situations, mm, right? Yeah. Where if I remember one time, Bradley, uh, where, where you uh, you addressed kind of the elephant in the room uh, in a sermon where you said, people ask me, Bradley, are you a Calvinist? And and you said, you, you kind of answered yes in a different way. And you said, well, I'm a Biblicist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but if you're if you're in a discussion with biblicism versus confessionalism or mm-hmm. creedalism, yeah. that's a different. That means something entirely different, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so so if if you just said outright biblicism as opposed to adhering to creeds on this podcast, then that then we might question that a little more than in that sermon, right? Right. Right. Yeah, I <clears throat> you know. <laughs> In the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast <laughs> Lounge, um, the discussions that are you know had about some of these things, you know, labels might be helpful just to say, you know, this is where I'm coming from. This is yep. Um, this is where I've landed on these issues in terms of what I see in Scripture, because you know, my sense is based on what I see in the lounge that the majority of the people are pretty well read and thoughtful. Um, yeah. I hope not just from, you know, <clears throat> a standpoint of reading, you know, commentators and theologians, but actually reading the Bible. Right. Um, and, and so I found, I think in those kinds of contexts, some of those labels can be helpful to kind of, I don't know, make the conversation more efficient. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, but I don't, I found that the majority of Christians that I, at least the ones that I come in contact with, they grow up in church traditions and they might have a sense of what some of these labels mean and mm-hmm. where they land, but where they land is really based on what they've been taught or what they've been told is true, even if they don't really know how to unpack it. Right. And so I found in, in the general church population, these labels are not helpful. They're really not helpful to me as a pastor, especially because mm-hmm. um, you start throwing around Calvinism and Arminianism and, and, and just, you go down the whole list of all these terms. There's a lot of stigma attached to them. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of times these people have not read one ounce of Calvin. Right. Uh, and so they, they don't really know where Calvin's coming from for that matter. And they may not have lived well in texts that, that Calvin anchored his, his mm-hmm. um, opinions, his theological opinions, uh, too. So I, I, I just, I think we have to be really careful with these labels. Um, you know, on Sunday, we, we were in a text that was, you know, you could say it was very much a Calvinistic text, if you will. Even, um, even to the point of like a double predestination. predestination yeah, and I could have thrown that term out easy. Yeah. Um, when, when you read First Peter chapter 2, I think it's verse 10, when he says, uh, talking about unbelievers, they disobey the word as they were destined to do. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a heavy text. But I said to the church, you know, I'm not going to get into all the theological nuances of that today. Mm-hmm. What I want us to simply understand, and I really went after total depravity. Right. I really went after the human condition apart from 
the new birth is that we're all dead in our trespasses and sins. And in one sense, we were all destined for that except for the grace of God when Jesus, right. <clears throat> you know, by the spirit rebirths us. So I think, you know, I, I'm just careful with terms. I don't like yeah. them. Uh, labels, I should say. I don't like them because I, I just find that they, I end up having to navigate some people, a lot of people around them because they don't really understand them. Right. In general. Yeah. And it, it seems like the more, the more read someone is, I really liked what you said. Like if, if they're well read, then you can do that pretty easily. Usually. Mm. Yep. Uh, but if they're, if they're new to the faith or even if they've been in church for a long time, but they're just now actually starting to grapple with things, then throwing out, well, the five points, <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe you do walk them through the five points of Tulip, but maybe not using Tulip exactly. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, absolutely. um, and, and I'm actually doing that with, with a, with a friend who's made a recent profession, uh, um, really over the summer mm. where he's coming more from a, uh, a more leftward leaning background and using, using certain terms I know is going to be a roadblock at the moment. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's just finding that navigation around it. Yeah. You know, with, uh, I mean, just with labels in, in general, even, even outside of, of call it theological labels, denominational labels, what have you, but just labels in general, they really only mean something if the person you're using them with also understands them as you do. Yes. You yeah. know, you well mentioned, said. you mentioned stigma quite a bit. Um, there's, there's certainly some of that out there when, uh, when perhaps someone was raised in the church of their childhood, that may have been Baptist or Presbyterian or Catholic or Lutheran or, or what have you, or or one of the subsets underneath of them. I mean, for instance, Lutheran. We also have the ELCA, which I would I would contend is is a anti biblical church body at, at, at this point, um, but yeah. they still call themselves Lutheran. Uh, so at that point, you know what what does that label mean <clears throat> if they say I'm Lutheran? And they use that to describe everything that they adhere to, even even their lax stance on on the authority of Scripture. Then does that label really make any sense? You know, one thing that uh, and and once again, I I wasn't uh, I wasn't part of this uh, this discussion uh, or this decision uh, necessarily. I was brought I was brought into it as as one of the elders, but uh, two years ago now. Uh, our church went from, in, in its branding at least, uh, I believe on our raw, on our char- like our charter and our constitution and articles of incorporation and all that, we're still Christ Lutheran Church or Christ Evangelical Lutheran Church actually. Um, that's the historical name of the church body. But uh, we switched our branding name from Christ Lutheran Church to Christ Lincoln, uh, dropping the Lutheran. And there, you know, there were a lot of people who were who were feisty about that. Uh, you know, a lot of people who used the word Lutheran, and this is big in in the Lutheran world. Uh, you know, I've I've mentioned this part bits and pieces before, uh, because if you drive down the street, you're not going to see St. Mark's Calvinist Church, right? Yeah. You're not, you know, you, you won't see that, um, or uh, or you know, uh. Ascension Arminian Church necessarily, but you will see Trinity Lutheran, Christ Lutheran, uh, Mount Olive Lutheran, 
our Savior Lutheran, Holy Savior Lutheran, 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 Lutheran. I mean, it's just all over the place. (laughs) And so people are really attached to that, to the point where, you know, at the end of October, some people celebrate Halloween, some people celebrate All Saints Day, some people celebrate (laughs) Reformation Day. And and there's nothing wrong with that, right? But... uh, there's uh, there's this thing called a Marty party, which happens where it, it's just, yeah, no, it's just, go to oldlutheran.com. They, they probably, I, you know, I'm, I'm just going to do this. That is my favorite thing that I have heard all day. I'm just going to go over to oldlutheran.com. Uh, I don't even know if it's still open. It used to be. Marty yeah. party. Can we have one of those at Res? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Let's see. Do they still have stuff on their website? I'm going to laugh these? about that all day. That is gold. Yeah, that's so, so good. Okay, so here's the thing. If you look at uh, at like the themes, like the categories on their website, there's a little more Lutheran and Lutheran chick, Luther's Rose, Saint and Sinner, Sin Boldly, which is their coffee brand. You know, there's yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, you're you're 100. Like there is there is still that concept of Lutheran pride live and well. Oh yeah, and you, and you see the same thing in in Reformedom. Mm. Oh sure, sure sure. I mean, obviously, have you seen my brand? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True, true. I mean, with the with the marketing and in and and whatnot, there's absolutely the the similarities there. But as far as like a church itself. The denomination tied to a label is, I mean, sure, Catholic is a big thing, Presbyterian, you know, uh, and and Lutheran. But when we dropped that name, the decision was made because we're not seeking to be Lutherans to Lincoln. We're not seeking to bring Luther to Lincoln. We're seeking to bring Christ to Lincoln. And the leadership team asked themselves, what does including the term Lutheran in Christ Lutheran Church. What does that in general mean to the unchurched, to the de-churched, to the uh, uh, kind of the interdenominational folk who may want to join us? What does the term Lutheran say? Does it mean it's a barrier? Say, oh, I don't want to be Lutheran because Lutherans are this. Or I don't know what Lutheran means, you know? Right. Right. But even in those cases, they know what Christ means. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily yeah. in the case of, of unchurched de church. Right. But a lot of people really got really got feisty about that. You know, they they seem to be more uh more tied to the theologian rather than the theology. Mm. Yeah. And uh and you know that's that's something that's that's always struck me. You know, you you know, our, our listeners, it, it's been probably a year or more that I've been saying uh, Augsburgian Christian. Um, actually, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was probably uh, a year in January, so over a year and a half now, um, because I came back from the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate uh, Triennial Convention for the mm-hmm. for the Senate, and it was just Lutheran pride, Lutheran this, Lutheran that. It, Everything, like even the theme of the of the convention was joyfully Lutheran. Mm-hmm. And I realized that if that's what Lutheran means, 
I'm not Lutheran. Hmm. I mean, I, I ascribe to the, the Augsburg Confession 100%. I feel that, that personally, that is a better descriptor of, of the thoughts and beliefs and the, and, and the theological understanding that, that I ascribe to, at least 95% of it probably. Uh, but once again, saying Augsburgian probably even further limits the number of people who would actually understand what I'm talking about. Um, mm-hmm. Right. And, I mean, it, it, it kind of yeah. gets to like if someone if someone hears Reformed and thinks Sonny Hernandez or something like or I can't think of any other hyper Calvinists at the moment. But if if that's what they think, then that creates a hurdle. At the same time, you can see the benefit. Uh, like I kind of lost my thought, but here at Res, like the Reformation type of teaching is relatively new and so we're not we're not at that point where it's like here's the five points here's this confession or what have you um and that's okay i think so because the truths are there it's it's ultimately like as long as the truth is there i don't care what terms you use you know well and some of it i guess is context i mean we cody and i live in Southern Baptist Central. I mean, mm-hmm. it is it, it's just prolific here. Um, and, Southern and, Southern Baptist and United Methodist and United Methodist. Yeah. That's right. And so, <clears throat> in in all of that, and you know, there are varied sub you know subcategories of Baptist and Methodist and within yep. within that. But <clears throat> I feel personally on a mission as a teacher and a pastor to help people have a deeper, richer understanding of salvation. Because, you know, you go all the way back to the days of Charles Finney and then on the heels of that, uh, Billy Graham revivalist movement. Mm -hmm. I feel like the, the depth of understanding about salvation itself, um, wandered into some very shallow waters. Yep. Um, Make a decision for Christ. Have you asked Jesus into your heart? Have you prayed the sinner's, prayer and and uh, you know it, it just it became almost like nothing more than a new year's resolution uh to accept jesus yeah. and i think that th- this is what's at stake when we talk about these labels i think it's in, it's helpful to think about what's at stake here mm-hmm. because that i think that helps me determine when and where the labels are helpful and when they're not because yep. what i want to help christians and unbelievers that I'm proclaiming the gospel to alike understand what's happening here. Yep. Is that, yep. you know, it, it, the, the analogy I used on Sunday was, is salvation like we're all on a ship and you know, we're enjoying the bliss and the luxury of our, our vessel. Think of like the Titanic, um, the unsinkable ship. We're enjoying that, and then suddenly an iceberg reveals the truth that our, our vessel's not unsinkable. The ship's starting to go down, and Jesus shows up with the lifelines, the life vests, and the rescue boats and throws them out. And those who see that and recognize that an abandoned ship are saved, and those who either don't see it or choose to take their chances with the ship go down and perish. Is that a biblical understanding of salvation? And my answer is no. Uh, what I said on Sunday was, the truth is, the ship is already sunk. We're all born into a watery grave, and what must happen is Jesus 
must descend into that watery grave and raise us to new life because mm -hmm. we are, according to Paul in Ephesians chapter 2, we are dead in our trespasses and sins, but God in his mercy makes us alive together with Christ. And so when we talk about Reformed theology, this is what's at stake is, is yep. do people relish, are they in awe, do, are Christians overwhelmed by the understanding of what God has done for us in salvation and i think that i can help people get there without using these labels and and you know because the stigma might hinder them mm -hmm. from diving into those deep waters whereas verses like first peter chapter 2 verse 10 are going to make them go whoa right and and i yeah. at least in both services Sunday, I could kind of sense light bulbs going off with that illustration. I think so. Where I, I felt like that, I wasn't expecting it to hit home like it did. Yeah. But I felt like it did. Yeah, where, I mean, technically, you could have used terms like monergism, unconditional election. I could have. Regeneration precedes mm -hmm. faith, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But that illustration just, like, yeah, like it, it hit some people like a sledgehammer, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so. I mean that that's a fantastic illustration and 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 a fantastic point. You know, I I can see the desire to have your brand you know, you talked about branding a couple weeks ago. And I I I can understand the desire of having that descriptor in your church name for those groups of people who say, "Oh, this is what I'm looking for." Um uh, but almost as if it's a restaurant, you know, you back in the, I mean, you, you open DoorDash. I can't say Yellow Pages anymore. No one knows what those are. You open up DoorDash <laughs> and you type in Mexican, Chinese, Japanese, uh, you know, uh, American, soul food, whatever, mm -hmm. barbecue. You type in your, your, your cuisine and all those come up. And uh, I, I would assume there's a church directory out there for each city that's like Lutheran, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, <clears throat> you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, there, there's Reformed as well. And, um, and so I, I understand using those labels as a way to say this is the type of a, th a theology we ascribe to. But my... I mean, the reason why I was so supportive of the change from uh, from Christ Lutheran Church to, to Christ, technically it's Christ Lincoln, a Lutheran ministry. The way I'm so supportive of that change is because it still describes it. Uh, but in shorthand, Christ Lincoln, it doesn't matter what our flavor is if someone's just looking for a place where they can hear the the proclamation of the gospel of Christ. They don't, I mean they don't necessarily care or know what the differences are. And, uh, and, and so those, yeah, those, those labels wouldn't necessarily be uh, as helpful. You know, it would just be fantastic. And, and I realize that there are some things that, that, uh, you know, Bradley Cody and I, that we don't line up on, mm -hmm. um, yeah. sec secondary issues. Thanks be to God. But, uh, you know, it, wouldn't it be awesome if, if just in the sense of, um, soteriology that everyone could just get on the same fricking page, you know, Amen and, then, to that. And, then, and then everything else is, uh, well, do you want wine or grape juice this Sunday? I, I think I'd prefer the wine with a little bit of blood. I think that's what I am really, am really feeling this Sunday. Uh, 
And uh, it, it, you have bread, great. Can I can I get the bread with just a just a, mm, a little bit of uh, just a little bit of flesh in it? <laughs> <laughs> oh <my Fantastic>. God. <laughs> you know, the last thing I'll say about this is that um, you know, denominational distinctions are generally speaking on secondary issues, um, mm-hmm. but it, I totally agree, John. How much healthier? would the body of Christ be if we could get on the same page in terms of soteriology? Because mm. this this is not a secondary issue. And I think the tension that I feel, um, and I, I'm just being transparent here, the tension that I feel is teaching reformed theology and helping people get there that um, I know have not read Calvin. They haven't read Luther. Um, they 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 don't have an academic understanding mm-hmm. of these things, and yet they need to know. They need yep. to know what has happened and what is happening in salvation. And um, I don't want to treat it like there's an option here, because there's not. I really don't think there is. I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that Arminians can't be saved. Certainly would never say that. But in terms of, I think, in you know, Piper, you know, he... Over time, it, this is my sense, is that it, over time at Bethlehem Baptist, he taught Reformed theology, mm-hmm. and as years went by, years went by, yep. he eventually got to the place where he's standing up with a whiteboard or something, and he's going through TULIP, and right. then they actually, in their doctrinal statement, adopted Calvinistic language, and it, but that took him years to lead right. that church to that point, and I... I kind of applaud him for that. Is that he never yeah. backed off, and I, I'm, I'm in some sense. I, I think I'm trying to follow his example. Is that I'm not backing off Reformed theology. I'm just not using the terms and labels as, yeah, you know, as 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 prominently as some do, because I feel like they can be a hindrance, uh, at least in my context. It's, it's playing the long game. Uh, that's exactly which, right. Which Christians. At least in America, are really bad at. They really are. <laughs> it's you know, planning for the future for an evangelical is three months down the road, right. yeah. <laughs> as opposed to ten years down the road, yeah, right? Yeah, but I, I will say too that you know I've only had, I think, two people in the last I don't know how many years come to me and you're a Calvinist and be mad about it. Yeah. You know, I've had way <laughs> more people, mm-hmm. way more people. It's and it's so sweet when they come and they go, "Oh man, I never saw this before." Yeah, but, and and it and there's part of it that's hard to swallow, but you can see their faces lighting up when they see. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know that's that's <clears throat> one thing that's slightly slightly different is that like we don't necessarily have, you know, different flavors under one banner, mm-hmm. like. Like really, with the whole Lutheran thing, you can either be a Lutheran or you can just be a bad Lutheran. Like, <laughs> like no one will come up and be like, "You're a you're a Melanchthonite," you know? They're like, like no one's like, "You suck at being a Lutheran." Like that's that's like the lowest, the lowest we can go. Marty party when when, Marty when Melanchthon party. becomes an insult. That's. <laughs> That's kind of hilarious. You know, every time I just think of the Luther movie and the guy that they cast to play Melanchthon, like this, just this little ratty guy. I'm like, 
Because, <laughs> like, because would, would the Calvinist equivalent be like, well, you're a Bezaite? Like, <laughs> really? It, 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 it's, yeah, it's just, just ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, you know, one uh, one final thought about some some potential downsides. It, it, at least you know, with uh, it in in the Lutheran sphere, uh, especially at Lutheran universities like Concordia uh, University in in Seward, Nebraska, part of a, a university system across the United States. There is a massive since since we talked about you know this this tightness. And the to this Lutheran identity, there is this uh, this very very strong feeling of I'm not going to read anybody else. I'm going to be read Walther. I'm going to read Melanchthon. I'm going to read Luther. I'm going to read uh, Kierkegaard. I'm going to read Bonhaver. <clears throat> and that's it. Mm-hmm. Read Calvin. Are you out of your mind? You're a Melanchthonite, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, and that always boggled my mind. It's like, why not? Do you, do you really think that you have nothing to learn from John Calvin or, or from Zwingli or, mm-hmm. or from anybody else who literally has is, is studied more than you? You don't think you have anything to learn just because you put Lutheran as your identity on that little yeah. checkbox on your college application? Get real. Get yeah. real, folks. I don't know why I threw that 1980s insult in there, but okay. <laughs> well, let's leave, let's leave it there. I'm going to carry over the Inquisition questions to next week because that went a lot longer than I thought it would. Mm. Uh, but that was still a, still a good a, question. Yeah, good question, good discussion all the way around. Yeah, good points, fellers. Mm. So and and I really have to pee. So <laughs> I, I I think just for uh, just j- just real quick, just before you wet your pants, let's. Uh, Let's answer Brad Speed's question. I think we can get that one done. We done can really so, quick. So our one Inquisition question. Sorry, Brian Morris. We'll get to yours next week. Uh, Brad Speed asks, "What's the best snack or meal to eat at a baseball stadium? And does your answer change if you're watching other sports, basketball, football, etc.?" All right, rapid course. fire, Cody. Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with a dog and a beer. Mm. I mean. Particularly if there's yingling, yingling involved and not like trash coors. <laughs> does uh, does that change if you uh, go to a different a different? Not event? particularly. I mean, at Clemson doesn't serve alcohol, do they? No, not in they the don't. stadium. No. Yeah. So I mean, obviously tailgating, you can have a brew, but sure. Once sure, you get sure, the stadium, sure. it's, it, it turns into a Coke and a dog. Yeah, but, I mean, absolutely. It, the hot dog is so self-contained, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I will say... An unacceptable answer to athletic event food is quote unquote nachos because they give you this piddly little container of of crappy chips and this cheese sauce that's not real nachos. Mm-hmm. Real nachos total, I, I, is a pile totally gonna... of of food Shekinah glory yeah. <laughs> that involves queso and chunks of meat. And various and sundry other <laughs> toppings, and so uh, athletic Mexi- event nachos Mexican and movie nachos are not real nachos, and I will I was, die on that hill. That's a primary I, issue for me. I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say that uh, for for meal bratwurst. I'm a brat guy. Oh yeah. Um, actually, my minor league uh, farm the, team stadium grew, growing up had uh, pork chop sandwiches, so that was ooh. quality. But there is something appealing. I don't let my kids get it because it's a waste of money. Of the quote fake nachos in the batting helmet there, there's something about that uh 
I'd, ra- yeah, I'd rather I have that. I'd rather have ice cream in the helmet, though. Yeah, that's oh, what okay. I think about. Yeah. Yeah, I love, like, when I go to a Braves game, there's, like, there's a couple of different places. But I this sounds so, I know, bad, but I want one of those Sloppy Joe barbecue sandwiches. Mm, yeah. You know, yeah. that you, like – after an inning, you've got to run to one of the bathrooms. Like I want one of those. <laughs> I want one of those sloppy Joe. Just oh, it's, I, it's. I'm not even sure it's real meat, but that I don't know. There's something about that that's like baseball game and sloppy yeah. Joe. And, and now yeah. at major league stadiums, you increasingly see like really high quality restaurants, like just outside True. or inside mm-hmm. the stadium. And and at the new Braves stadium or newish Braves stadium, like there's some really good food. And the last time I went to a Braves game, uh, I had to go to the restroom, and I think somebody had had one of those. <laughs> he walked in and just hit a wall into that restroom. And it was just like, oh, boy, I just need to just hold my breath and get this over with. When I go to a basketball game, though, I want popcorn. Yeah. Be- because I, 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 I just remember playing ball in high school and walking into the gym and you could just smell the, the smell. popcorn. Mm, so anytime I go to a ba- basketball game, I want popcorn. And it doesn't have that. to be good popcorn. It's just like Nancy, Nancy from the school office you just like wheels it out, uncleaned from the cabinet, and just pours that orange box of Flavicol call in it totally. and throws some. And you know that's that's all you need. That's now you now need. wasn't. <laughs> I, reme- I, I I seem to remember at the the malice at the palace when when Ron Artest jumped into the stands and started beating people up. Didn't popcorn go flying? Oh, totally. Because <laughs> I know someone threw a drink at him. Yep, yep. And I think when he when he started throwing haymakers in the stands, I seem to remember popcorn flying around too. I'm so sure. yeah, that that makes perfect you know, sense. It, it is always interesting how sports have those those connotations. So swimming is pickles of all things. Uh, my, my son's a competitive swimmer and does the, does the pickle thing. So it's, it's super popular. Uh, one question for our, uh, our listeners, there's a hot dog roller grill at a local furniture discount, uh, surplus liquidator. Uh, should I get it? That's our final thought for the day. <laughs> should I get a hot dog weenie roller grill? Yes. And then bring it to the next NAM. <laughs> oh dude. Yes. <laughs> Talk about we can sell them for twenty we bucks. We can sell them for twenty the bucks a piece and still make and still like be underpriced. Oh yeah. All right, let's leave it there because I got to hit the restroom. Follow us, comment on Facebook and Instagram, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, leave five star review. Sports Show at Anchor.fm. Thanks for listening. Okay, bye.